The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. This segment is brought to you by TD Bank Aurora. Don't forget, there is still time to set up a personal financial review or to discuss your RSP contributions. Reach out to your local TD Aurora branch and book a virtual or in-person appointment today. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Dr. Claudia, and she's right here in studio with me this morning. Good morning. Good morning, Tina. It's so nice to see you face-to-face. I know. I'm so excited to be back in here. It feels so good. So thank you for having me. It's wonderful. And just so everyone knows, we have our masks on here in studio, and we're physically distanced. So we're, you know, being extra careful, right? Obeying all the rules. And so family day weekend, here we are. Oh, I can't believe it. It's actually exciting for me because I feel like there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. The days are a little bit longer and the sun is shining lately. So it feels really, really good. Okay, but there's got to be those out there who may not be looking forward to family day on Monday. We've been close quarters long enough. We're kind of getting on each other's nerves Understandable, I'm sure. Absolutely. And the big joke in my house is I send a message on our family group chat and I'm like, yay, guys, three days together. And I get like the sad (laughs) face, the boring face that, oh, my gosh, what is going to be different about this weekend? Not much. But you know what? We're going to make the best of it and we're going to try to keep ourselves as busy as possible. And what we decided to do was we're going to give each other a couple of hours each alone. Mm -hmm. So you pick your activity that you want to do and I promise nobody will bother you. That's a great idea. Where did you come up with that? You know what? I think we just felt the need to have alone time. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like, you know, we're four people in a house with a dog and we're always in each other's space. So we just decided that, you know what? You take your two hours to yourself. I'll take mine. My daughter wants to do arts and crafts. My son wants to play, I guess, Fortnite. I want to read and I don't know what my husband wants to do. (laughs) Probably (laughs) just stay away from me. (laughs) So we're going to spend family day weekend separately. I love that idea. (laughs) Okay, when we come back, we're thrilled to welcome Erica M. Yep, that one to the show. This is the Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 105.9 The Region or email us info at 1059theregion.com. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 1059 The Region. You're listening to 1059 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. I'm Tina Cortez and over to Dr. Claudia with today's very super cool guest. I'm so excited, Claudia. Well, you can't be as excited as I am. I am so honored to welcome Erica M. to the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, I have to say, Claudia, that you had to work in order to get me on your show. I did. That's I, right. Claudia invited me. She tracked me down. She asked me to be on the show. I said to her, I will only come on your show if you listen to my brand new podcast and tell me what you think of it. And you did it. I, of course I did it. I was not going to give up the opportunity, first of all, to listen to a very cool podcast, to learn from you, and also to get you on the show. Of course I was going to do anything. So thank you. <laughs> well, here I am and ask anything you need. Okay, well, you were such a big part of my life during the much music days. Like, oh my gosh, you were like a role model. You were cool. You were funny, successful. You were all the things that I dreamed of being. And now I have you here on the show. So I'm so excited to hear about you. I so respect everything that you do. But I think what I want to know first and foremost is, who was Erica M. then and who are you now? 
Well, what a great question. And I would have to say that I am very much the same person. Now, listen, I can't remember all the thoughts that I had in my head back then. But when I look at old interviews, I think, my God, I would have asked the same thing <laughs> recently because I, I started this podcast, Reinvention of the VJ, which is forcing me to go back to way different time in my career and to analyze it in order for me to have sort of meaningful conversations with all the guests on the podcast. I've watched a lot of old interviews and the thought process is the same, which is unabashedly feminist, unabashedly authentic, speaking my mind, working hard, thinking about the future of women and the importance of walking the talk for women so that they see that you can be mm, messy, uh, diverse, um, and, and stick with it even though you don't fit a mold because I've never fit in anywhere. And I'm okay with that. Good for you. I mm -hmm. love that. I absolutely love that. So you, you know, you were, you are, you're real, you're authentic. There's no denying that. But you've also had to evolve and reinvent yourself over the years, right? And how did that start for you? Well, I had to reinvent initially because when I was working at Much Music, and I know that Tina can speak to this as well, it's a very weird culture. It was a very weird culture. On one hand, they were incredibly supportive in your creative pursuits. Go and do whatever it is that turns you on. Here's the key. Go. On the other hand, there was this underlying message of you're not very important and we can fire you tomorrow, so watch out. <laughs> and that was a really weird feeling because I never felt secure there, even though I was Erica freaking M. And I knew that in many ways I was not replaceable because no one could replace my character or my personality, for sure. But because of that, I was extraordinarily entrepreneurial while I was working at Much Music. So I started a hat collection. I did a ton of voiceovers. I hosted, um, or I was in a lot of uh, shows, uh, TV shows, movies, theater. I, did, um, I started writing songs. I started a record label. I wrote a book. <laughs> wow. And the list goes on because I needed to plant the seeds because I knew that my time there would end at some time, either because I wanted it to or they were going to kick me out. But no matter what, I needed to be safe. And, you know, people who are, I wasn't an employee, but, you know, in the sense my contract was renewed for 14 years. So I felt like an employee there. Mm -hmm. But we have this, this illusion that because we're employees rather than contractors, that we're safe. But the reality is, as Tina can attest, mm -hmm. you're never safe. And so you, I feel you, like you always need to have a plan in your back pocket and plant seeds all over. And is that then your advice to not just women, to everyone these days, is always have a game plan, always look forward? Absolutely. And tap into your network. Mm. 
create a strong network, people that you know will have your back, people who are in the industry that you're currently in, and if you want to pivot, people who are in the industry that you want to be in. Build relationships. To me, that's the key. I couldn't agree with you more. And you said something really interesting about, you know, I feel like what people are missing right now is the sense of belonging, right? We all need to feel like we belong somewhere. But you said something that really resonated. And it's like, you had to find your safe place. So you needed to feel safe and feeling belonging does just that. So it's kind of within you. So when you are reinventing yourself, you are really contributing to your overall like health and well-being and your sense of security, right? Well, more than that, I believe that if you reinvent, and I'm assuming that one, when one reinvents, it's probably to do something that turns you on, something that you're somehow passionate about. I think that taps into something which is purpose. And I'm sure that you've done a lot of research on the connection between purpose and happiness. And a lot of people I feel these days are having these aha moments that it isn't actually all about the money, but it's that sense of satisfaction of belonging in an organization, a group, a business, a career, a tribe of people where you feel connected and that they share your same values. And I, I feel like, you know, I'm really all over Twitter. I'm having conversations all the time. And I find that a lot of people are having these aha moments right now, having been locked down for a year with their families. And they're saying, you know what? I don't need that much money. I love this quieter life or I want to pursue things that matter to me now. Absolutely. And I feel like, uh, you know, you you were all about the pivot long before the pivot was a thing. So talk to us a little bit now about this new study and how Canadian moms are not doing particularly well, especially during this pandemic. To back up a little bit, I run a, a platform for parents. It's called ymc.ca. Mm -hmm. I launched it 15 years ago when I became a mom. And I had a very difficult time adjusting to motherhood being type A. These <laughs> bloody kids wouldn't do things on my own schedule. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> so with you. <laughs> oh, my God. Amen. I <laughs> so, <laughs> first I started a TV show called Yummy Mummy, which is on Life Network and Discovery Health Channel and syndicated around the world. And when that show ended, I started my little website. And the website became one of the largest in Canada as a platform by moms for moms. And in doing so, a lot of brands and companies came up to me and said to me, hey, you know, if you could tell your moms about our broom, that would be really nice. And I was like, yeah, what's your budget, buddy? <laughs> so I started an agency. It's called M&Co. And what our agency does is connect moms with brands in meaningful ways, in non-patronizing ways. And because of that, I really have to understand what is driving moms what moms are feeling so I can share my to my clients and also feed back to moms to show them that they're not feeling alone or that they're not alone. So the survey that we did through my agency showed that only 7% of moms 
say that they're feeling fine these days in this new pandemic uh, scenario. I'm not one of them. Um, <laughs> right. Right. I think it's like 93% of moms say that they are struggling in some way. And listen, when you look at the situation, never before in recent history have women been forced to A, continue to work, and B, be at home with their kids 24-7, including school, mm -hmm. all meals, mm -hmm. all domestic work, while you or your husband may be struggling financially. There are not enough time, there's not enough hours in the day. Your kids are struggling because they can barely go outside. So we're all very concerned about our kids' state of mind. We're worried about letting them go outside because of their physical health and their future is troubling because school is not working right now. So there's an awful lot on our, on our backs right now. Plus 30% of us are tasked with taking care of our family outside of our homes. Hmm. So the sandwich generation, it's, it's a no win scenario right now. Do I have advice? No. Mm -hmm. All I can say is for you to, to know that you are not alone and this will end. And, and I, that this is a time that we need to rely on our girlfriends and Zoom call. Mm -hmm. Zoom call your friends and complain, cry. Really say that you're struggling and let your friends listen to you and feedback that they're probably struggling too. Because when you know that you're not alone and this is not in your head and that it will end, I think it will relieve some of the stress. You're so right. I think just hearing you say that out loud brings so much comfort to so many people, knowing that we're not alone. We're all facing this together. As moms, as women, it's a challenge right now. It ain't easy. There's no doubt about that. And I also feel what's even more important is that we are afraid as women to admit that feeling, that sense of defeat. Most women are afraid to admit that they're scared and they're worried about their children and they don't know what the future holds. And I feel like it's also an extension. We should make this an extension of how women should really be supporting women in every area, in careers, in families, in homes, no judgment. And I feel like that's what the pandemic has taught me is that I shouldn't feel ashamed that I have anxiety, that I have stress, that I am sick of being home with my children. I may be frustrated that I have a long weekend ahead of me where I have nowhere to go but home. So I love that. But what scares me is that 78% of these moms are saying that they're, they're all complaining and worried about the child's physical and mental health. Like how scary and horrifying is that? Well, I think what's really important about this conversation is that it's not just up to the moms to relieve that anxiety. I'm hoping that anyone who owns a company right now understands that any woman who is working for them is feeling like this. And I think now more than ever, employers need to be flexible, cut these women some slack, give them a raise and give them extra time with their families and lower expectations. Now is not the time for productivity. 
I love that. That makes the most sense. You're so right. This is a time to reinvent what we've been doing and do it with joy and with pride and do it together. Yeah, and I I feel like women, this is not just a women's issue. Uh, Many women have partners, husbands, boyfriends who live with them, girlfriends, whatever the case may be. The work needs to be shared. The domestic work needs to be shared. And sometimes women are afraid to ask their partners to chip in. Um, but if, if not now, then when? Uh, women should not be saddled with 100% of the domestic work, which it feels like many women are dealing with right now. And it's, it's impossible to manage. So it's, you know, it's Valentine's Day coming up. Here's an idea for all the men who are listening. Why not give the gift of cleaning toilets? Why not give the gift of making dinner? Why not give the the gift of doing laundry? And really, it shouldn't be a gift. It should be, you know, just an assumed job. But if a, a person is listening to this, a partner who says to themselves, well, you know what, I haven't really been helping all that much. That would be a great gift. So what did your survey say about moms and what they do for fun? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think that 15%, or I can't remember the number, but a, a large number of moms go to the grocery <laughs> store just to get away. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. Shoppers Drug Mart. <laughs> sick. Um, we hide in the bathroom and soak. Mm. and try and get away from our kids for just a little while. And a lot of us are taking walks, which I think is a fantastic um, solution because, first of all, we're getting a a little bit of exercise, not much. It does not compare to going to the gym in any shape or form, but it does have that meditative um, ability for us to just get away from the madness and let our let ourselves be in touch with our thoughts. And I think that's part of the problem is that we're locked down with our families and our kids who basically say, mom, 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 (laughs) nonstop. Mm -hmm. Can't hear yourself think. So just getting out of the house and doing some sort of outdoor activity alone for a short period of time is really great. Okay, so one last point on this survey found that 75% of moms are on social media more than they used to be. I guess as someone like you who is very active on social media, do you think that's a good thing? Well, I guess it depends on what they're doing online. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I think what we need right now uh, as consumers of social media is to be critical thinkers and not believe everything that you Google or see on Twitter. So this is a really important um, piece of information, which is we are in a state of, I think it's called infodemic. Mm -hmm. So not just a pandemic, but there is um, uh, like a pandemic of misinformation that is swirling around online. And as we increase our intake of social media and our being online reading and Googling and trying to find the answers to our problems, be very aware that there is 
so much misinformation, particularly about vaccines right now. So I, I just caution everybody. I understand that you're looking for answers. Google it, but then Google what you're finding <laughs> because there are so many websites that look pretty. They look good, but they are not sharing the science. And that's a huge concern right now. Because of that, if you look on the, my survey, something like 31% of moms are worried about giving their families the vaccine mm -hmm. and themselves. Now listen, I understand that you're hesitant to give the vaccine to your children because the research hasn't yet been conducted on children and the vaccine. But research has been conducted for adults and it is overwhelmingly positive. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that every adult who has the opportunity to get vaccinated right now, go and do it. When the vaccines become available, do not hesitate. And then watch all the evidence-based websites for information about kids and vaccines. And if it shows that there are not um, any obvious side effects, get your kids vaccinated. And then we can start getting back to a normal life. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think one of the scary things about this whole topic, this whole conversation, is that it brings us back to the whole idea of this reinvention of yourself, your thoughts, your being, the way we lived our lives just a mere year ago. And I feel like that's one of the things that I really respect about you. And I was so interested to learn about you. So I want to take it back a little bit. And I want to talk about your podcast, The Reinvention of the VJ. Tell us a little bit about that, because it was so great to listen to. And I did learn a lot. When I left Much Music, I was like, F you, I'm shutting the door. I'm gone. I need to... I need to do something differently. Remember, I worked there for 14 years, which was more than a third of my life. So I needed to almost prove to myself and the rest of the world that I wasn't just that girl on Much Music, that my success at Much Music was not because of Much Music. Yes, they gave me this incredible platform, but it was me that did the work. So I spent the next 20-odd years uh, reinventing myself. Mm -hmm. And over the pandemic, people kept on saying to me, Erica, you're so good on camera. You, you have a good voice. You ask good questions. When are you doing a podcast? And I was like, I want to do something that only I can do. And I didn't want to do something in the mom space because I've been doing it for 15 years and I wanted something different. And I thought, you know what? I would love to go back and talk to the other on-air hosts on Much and find out if much music had such a profound effect on their future life as it did on me. Because frankly, when I meet people now, what they want to talk to me about is not YMC. It's much music. <laughs> and you know what? That was 30 years ago. Hmm. So it's been a fascinating experiment for me to have these long rambling conversations to find out who these people were before for their time on Much Music, get some really juicy sort of backstage stories about their life <laughs> during Much Music and what it was like working there, and then to find out how or if they were able to reinvent because of or despite their time at Much Music. 
and the trajectory of life stories have been fascinating. And on a personal note, it's really been very healing for me because I didn't realize that a lot of people felt in many ways the same way as me. You see, we didn't talk a lot back then when we were working at much. It was live TV and we were all under incredible amounts of stress to be on live for four hours a day with no script. (laughs) It was hard. We made it look easy, but it was hard. And so now we're able to have these adult conversations about what it really felt like and how it prepared us for life after much. So I'm, I'm pretty proud. It debuted at number two, and it hasn't left the top 20 um, performing arts podcast in Canada. And people say things like, this is the best part. They say, came for the stories, left with ideas. For That's me, this, story, this podcast is more than just backstage stories about rock and roll and much music. It is also tips and insights for those of us who are going through challenging times in our lives to get more ideas on how to get through the tough times or how to be brave and reinvent so I love what you said about, um, you know, getting involved in this podcast and, and thinking about your time at much as it was healing for you. So I feel like that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to talk to you about this, because I think that what we're all missing is that reinventing yourself and doing something different with your life is just part of the game of life and really should help to heal you. So I love that you said that. If you could offer one piece of advice to listeners who are maybe scared to reinvent, not sure what to do, what advice would you give? Man, it's, that's a, a really hard question. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard to rein, it is hard to reinvent. So I don't want to be flippant and say, you know, go for your dreams. You can do it. Because it's not easy. It's hard. But you can do it if you do it slowly and methodically Make a plan. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Plant your seeds. Take it slow. Work really, really hard. Manage your expectations. Understand it's a marathon. And over time, you will get there. You know, the reality is that for some reason, I rarely get asked to participate in things, in jobs. I rarely get asked, you know, do you want to come and work here? I don't know why. (laughs) So I find that I have to make all my own opportunities. And I am what you would call, or what I would call, an opportunist. (laughs) And when I say that word, a lot of people cringe because it conjures up the idea of someone clamoring up on someone else's shoulders to get ahead. But my version of an opportunist is someone who finds mutually beneficial scenarios or opportunities where each party will be better by working together. And that's what I'm always looking for. And that's why I'm an opportunist and I encourage everybody to be an opportunist. Well, I am so happy that you're an opportunist. I admire you. I have learned so much from you. And I'm so grateful that you made me work to get you on the show today. (laughs) So if (laughs) listeners want to learn more about you, or if they want to, and they should listen to your podcast, how can they do that? 
The podcast is at ericam.com, and they'll find Reinvention of the VJ there, but it's also on every podcast platform. So just search Erica M's Reinvention of the VJ. And if you want to chat with me, head over to Instagram or LinkedIn. I'm there and would be happy to chat. That's terrific. Thanks for joining us, Erica. You're welcome. And Dr. Claudia, please remind our listeners how to connect with you. That's easy. You can find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Macchiella or my website, ClaudiaMacchiella.com. And that's our show for previous broadcasts of The Wellness Prescription. Go to 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Connect with us on Twitter at 1059theregion or call 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. This is 1059 The Region.